the first expression of love is giving yourself attention, which means your sadness, your happiness, your pain, your joy, all pieces of yourself. If you can spend time giving it attention, you're giving yourself love. A non-ordinary life requires a non-ordinary approach. Welcome to the Seer's Edge. My name is Juliette Trinka, and I'm here as your guide in living the full adventure and abundance that you came here to live. During my 20 years of practicing as a shaman, I've helped thousands of leaders to unlock their full potential and actualize their vision. What I know is that ritual, leadership, magic, and wealth are intrinsically woven together. This podcast is a discovery of living the full mystery of who you are while opening to deeper trust in life than you've ever allowed. Learn how you can make your quantum leap with us at getlifemastery.com. Hello, Shri. Welcome to the Seer's Edge. It's great to be here. It's great to be at the edge. It's a good place to be. Yeah, it's my favorite place. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I often begin by making the invitation to my guests to lead a grounding, a centering, a prayer, an invocation of some kind. Is that something you'd love to do? Yeah, let's have fun with it. Awesome. So great. Usually when I'm asked this, I go towards vocals and voice. Mm-hmm. And so I can start by opening up uh, with some sound. I would love that. Those that are listening can can join in mm-hmm. to the degree they want to. So first thing I do is let's let's start by just feeling what is here, what is true, what is the most real in this moment in time. As life is always buzzing by it, sometimes it's nice to just pause and see where am I at? And from this space, I'm going to offer a sound. And this sound will be a reflection of what I'm feeling and the truth of my heart and my soul. And although it is my heart and soul, it creates a reflection so that everyone listening will feel your heart and soul. feeling the truth of your being, feeling the truth of your heart, you can join in with this next toning. You can use my note or you can swim around my note, whatever feels true to you. So first starting by listening and feeling and letting the note find you. Yeah, 
whatever sound comes through is perfect and complete. On pitch, off pitch, all perfect. Feeling how your singing vibrates your body as you sing. Coming to a close in the next 30 seconds or so. Knowing that in any moment during listening to this session, traveling through your day, doing your tasks, that you can always come back to the spot of acknowledging how you feel, come as you are in this moment, and expressing it, singing it, writing it, dancing it, moving it, playing it. It's always accessible. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was so beautiful. Yes, yes. What a gift. Voice is the gift that we were born with. That's why I like it so much, because we came into the planet with this gift. And it's, it's I like ease and efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more about that, um, about your understanding of ease and efficiency, especially as it relates to voice or creative expression and all the different ways that that weaves with leadership, how that impacts our leadership, how it can express our leadership. I'm open to all the things. Yeah. When there isn't ease and efficiency, there's busyness and scrambling and, and moving about a bunch. And usually that is to because there's some anxiety or some worry or there's something blocking the channel. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when I'm with other creatives and we're working on a project and there's some kind of block where nothing is moving, it's usually it usually boils down to one point almost every time is that there is something going on internally that does not want to be expressed, that's kind of hiding out inside and it's too vulnerable or it's not the time yet or whatever may be the reason, there is that wall that's there that's not letting all of the juice that's behind it out because there's that one piece like right on the edge that's just like, no, I just don't want to go through. And um, sometimes people, you know, they, they want to go, oh, maybe I'm not a good writer. Or maybe I'm not a good singer. Mm-hmm. Maybe- yeah. You know, I just haven't uh, uh, created the perfect piece for the world yet. And all these stories come up. But it's it's really just always this one thing that uh, they need permission and space to express the truth of what is here right now. Uh, whether it is some sadness that they're dealing with, whether it is sometimes something awesome that is too vulnerable to express. But there's something on the edge, coming back to the sea's edge, there's something on the edge that wants to be expressed and uh, giving people space to uh, pinpoint it, giving people space to have the permission to be with it, to feel it and have a medium by which to express it 
creates massive ease and efficiency. Because once that's out, you're just moving, you're just flowing, the energy is moving. Uh, you can actually see where it is that you want to go. Whereas when you have this block, you can't really see what's next because you're still spinning in the story mm -hmm. or all the stories of I'm, I'm incomplete, I'm not enough, I have to learn singing. And it's just spiraling in the background. And the, the journey is to get through the stories that are up front and get into the background so that we can move the energy. It's a fun journey because it's a little tricky sometimes, you know, especially working with other artists and they have such firm stories. Yeah. It is that they're blocked and you can either buy into that or you can kind of see what's going on underneath it. And that's always, uh, that's kind of where I thrive. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we got an experience of it just now in that beautiful opening that you offered do you actually go through a process like that when you encounter those blocks? Because like I think about the coaching world and a lot of it is dialogue and, and mindset work. And I feel like there's a different pathway that you're pointing to. Mm, yeah. Well, the, I think one of the, the, the things about toning specifically and using your voice in a way that is beyond the English language is really juicy because sometimes people think that uh, therapy or healing or expressing your truth always need to go along with telling your whole story to another person. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's also beneficial, but it's not necessarily the thing that needs to happen all the time. Sometimes what is true wants to come out like this, and it's way more fulfilling to make that sound than it is to uh, to tell a story and get into your mind and recap and all the things that that uh, is required to 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 fi find out or to share what's going on. Sometimes it's easier for some people to make uh, a sound that's based in their grief or in their anguish or in their pain. And that's one of the things that I like about creative expression. Uh, you know, you go to a, a an art gallery and, um, you know, it's, you don't go to an art gallery and then there's a written story about someone's life. Mm -hmm. You go to an art gallery and there's a painting fully expressed with colors and or darkness and dimness or that the landscape is a certain way. And you have to really sit with that painting to understand what the artist is going through. And if you sit with it enough and you're open enough, you can feel the intention that the artist had. You can feel the mood that the artist was going through when they made that painting. And I truly believe that that's kind of the time that we're going into right now, where we're all being asked to read into the art that people are creating beyond the words that they're sharing, beyond the spectacle that they're putting on, what's really going on underneath, which brings us back again to the ease and efficiency, you know, because if you, can't, if you don't know what's going on around you, then you can't be ease and efficient, you know, but, and, and a lot of what's going on today in the world, when it comes to the system and how things have been built from the past structures, it's almost kind of throwing tons of distractions at you. So you can't feel what's going on in the atmosphere. And so we're all being asked right now to go back and really know what it means to truly um, express your art without needing to be so articulate, if I may use that word, or needing to be so um, detailed, but, but be out with it. Mm -hmm. And then be able to receive that and know what it means and understand it on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Like the the distillation that 
that I'm taking one of them in a way is how efficient art is. Yes. Yeah. And it's I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I also think of a couple different things, you know, my, the high school that my daughter goes to, they have art exhibitions at least a couple times a year, the artwork of the students and, you're exactly right. Like, I think that they're maybe required or encouraged to share a sentence or two about where it came from. And every time I go to one of those, I'm so struck by the depth that they're bringing forward in this art, like 15, 16 year old kids, you mm -hmm. know, it's easy to take for granted what we think we know about their journey. But it's like, whereas it is not always the easiest to like, initiate a really deep meaningful dialogue with a teenager because they they really need to hold their own world in a specific way and be in charge of if they let you into it or not yes. but like when you experience their art it it just immediately opens it up yes yes mm -hmm. 100%. i mean they're, yeah. they're coming from you know this this uh this educational system which which they have not necessarily put in to the structure the 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 skill of um, knowing the child, really understanding the archetype of the children that come in. It's a lot of work to really lean in and see who each person is and create a curriculum, a structure, or a, a learning program that supports each individual child's uh, truth. Mm -hmm. And and so they they end up creating a homogenized structure that everybody learns science, mathematics. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a gratitude that I have for the schools that my kids are yeah. in now because there's there's always more. Like there's many layers deeper that that could be discovered and explored and created from. But I am amazed at the degree to which uh, they do structure the school to like to really support the kids in expressing in the way that they were made to express, to yes. express their learning and absorbing of the material in a way that actually feels natural to them, as well as to a degree on their own timeline. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, I mean, they still have boundaries around time, but they yeah. really get to play. Like, am I a person where I just want to focus, focus, focus all day and then kind of chill the rest of the week? Or is it more important that I take a chunk at a time every day and pace it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we can see it coming into the schools, like, mm -hmm. like the world changing right now. And, and it's a beautiful thing, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the equation of how it connects to uh, creative expression and music. And when I work with artists, uh, it's the same idea. Uh, when they come in, it's not this rudimentary thing that they come into the studio and it's like, here's how we do it. There is some some structure, some frame, some grounding, but then I love to see who a person is. Like, who are you and how do you create? And like you said, are you someone that wants to focus in? Or are you someone that is, is uh, you know, a lot of people that come to me sometimes are, are, are mystery people. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't really want to know. They want to come in and be in this mystery space and then have me support them in unraveling the mystery to create some kind of music out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes you have people that come in with full projects already demoed out and they have a structure. And so different people make different kind of music. They have different types of creative processes. And there's also universal principles that, that everybody can, can rest on. Yeah. That just feels so generous. 
and yeah. and loving to hold that kind of space. You know, so often uh, people come to me because they go to a studio session and it's just a studio session with a professional uh, engineer. And it's very, just, just dry. Mm -hmm. uh, and for some people that's, that's necessary. They want to go and they want to do the thing and leave. But with me, when you come in, it will be a transcendental experience. <laughs> yeah. It will be a healing experience. It will be uh, something that's way beyond just making a song. Though mm -hmm. so we will leave with a song. Uh, there's a, there's a, um, an embodiment, there's an internal awakening that always happens for people. There's a, a way, like in my experience of you, since I've had this amazing um, gift of knowing you for a bit of time, of how you really own that and and claim that and proclaim that. Like I, I remember from some of our earliest interactions that you spoke in that way, like this, this you might walk away from this feeling healed in some way, even though that wasn't our express intention in coming together today. So how how did that happen for you? Was that always intrinsic for you? Or did you really have to undergo a process to be able to hold that? Yes, definitely. Um, that process of knowing myself, that is uh, something that um, I love doing. I love doing things to know myself more. I am addicted to that. This is why I'm here on this planet. And I think everybody's here for that, ultimately. And I do feel at the same time that some people have the mechanics that that are, are really just like like deeply uh, absorbed in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And these are my mechanics. You know, when we talk about human design and we talk about these systems to really know who you are based on the planets and the stars, uh, my human design is all about transmutation. Mm -hmm. You sit in my energy field. I don't even have to say anything. Transmutation will happen. You know, I will take something that is limited and create an expansion for it. What to speak if I sing? What to speak if I we have a conversation? Just to sit in my energy field creates that that movement out of limitation, and that is something that I had to both understand through knowing myself and the practices and uh, of of you know spiritual practices, mindset practices, all the things to understand more of who I am. And then the other side of it is understanding that that this it happens on its own, that I don't need to force it in order for it to happen. Mm -hmm. I just need to soften. I just need to surrender. I just need to put my attention. Mm -hmm. I just need to know how to place my attention. And when I place my attention, that's, that's usually like 95% <laughs> yeah. of it, you know, and then everything else kind of spills out. Uh, and, you know, placing my attention is not as easy as it sounds because I place my attention. I can go, I can, all kinds of things can shoot off inside of my body. I can get nervous. I can be like, oh my God, are they understanding what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Am I saying the right thing? So many things can come up and remove my attention from you. That's also part of uh, singing and, and creative expression is can you sing and be with a person when you sing? Can you express and be with a person when you express? Or do you need to, to shy off and, and hide? Which is also another journey that's, that's doable. Uh, but this, this giving my attention, for me, has seemed to be one of the most valuable things that just people want and that I want. I want attention. I want really hot, juicy, fiery attention. And I want to be able to be in that place where two people can sit undefended together and be attentive to one another. 
is is what I like thirst for. And so since I thirst for that, and since that that's my goal in life, it bleeds through everything. When you come into the studio, that happens. You know, when when we're working on a song or doing writing, that happens. It, it kind of bleeds through everything when this core piece is has been worked on or is or set up. Yeah, I I love that. There's like two things crystallizing for me there, which is uh, I was just doing a piece of writing this morning and reflecting on one of the uh, lines from the Upanishads that mm. I've seen it written in different ways, but essentially the core essence of it is as your deepest driving desire is, so shall your life be. And mm. there's like this medicine of recognizing the value of what you're talking about, like being able to hold attention in such a way that you really feel what you're here for, what happens through you, what your life is about, and that that then creates, in my language, like different frequency in your life. It's present in all things, and all things flow through it. And yeah, the the other thing then was a question, which was like anything that comes to you to talk about that quality of attention, because that really grabbed me because I'm, I'm also interested in attention and focus. I imagine there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who are like, well, how do I cultivate that like precision of attention? So the other thing I'll say is like my journey of being able to cultivate attention was so antithetical to what I was being taught um, by really respected traditions of meditation. Like I had to go a totally different direction to find it. So yeah. what comes forward for you in that? Yeah, with with what you just ended around meditation, uh, you know, when we talk about attention and we talk about being able to be in the present moment and 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 be with, that is a a go-to. I, I really feel like that's the uh purpose of spiritual practice is to be able to be lightening about your attention. How your attention within your being and your vessel and your attention on the world around you and your your attention on the divine. Uh, what's going on internally? What's going on externally? What's going on in the grand scheme of things? And so that's a beautiful thing when you think about spiritual practice. Then you have these other things where it's like, it doesn't need to be spiritual all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, you know, when we bring in creative expression, uh, music, uh, writing, movement, dancing, uh, these things are also a, a practice that allows you to come into your uh, attention. This is definitely why I love using creative expression. Like I'll, I'll call it, you know, creative expression as a spiritual practice. There's so many things in this world that can become the practice by which you know more of yourself and know more of your atmosphere. Uh, you know, we've seen radical things like sales as a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. We've seen so many different things. Where people are using these different technologies uh, to speak to something deeper. You know, when I think of uh, voice as an opportunity to to share what is true, the journey of singing and vocal expression uh, lives in the space of first you go through this journey of who am I as a singer? Let me sing like this person. Let me sing like that person. And yeah. you have a voice like who you like what what you've known. Or maybe you have a voice like your parents or this particular singer that you liked. And then you you start to uh, become your own singer. You, you, you start to learn what is true for my being and 
almost kind of let go some of the ways that you've learned from other people and you begin to be yourself. And that really has to do with uh, putting your attention on this famous singer and then taking your attention back from that person and bringing it into your vessel. And, and it's not that we let go of the people that we value. They're also part of our journey, but it, we have to include the intention on ourselves. And when it's when we put our attention on ourselves, it's there's so much that comes up. It's not just like, ooh, here I am, and I'll sing like that. Mm-hmm. No, when you put your attention on yourself and you feel, it's like, ooh, there's that that piece of grief that I haven't felt, you know, since you know for ten years, or there's there's that piece of sadness that that's been lingering, or anger that I haven't been able to express. You know, anger is a very big thing for me because anger was not really expressed in my family in a healthy way, always just burst. Mm -hmm. It always festered and exploded. And then from seeing that anger fester and exploded in my family, I I shunned it. I was just like, no more anger for me. And then I had to learn how to come back into a healthy expression of anger over time. So for me, when I go into my stillness, a lot of anger comes up. Mm -hmm. And and, And the journey is, okay, now that I know what to do with that anger, uh, I can really be with it and allow it to be a part of my creative process. And so that anger then moves into the song or that anger then moves into the written piece or that anger moves into my movement. And when it when it's expressed, it's giving your attention to, to who you are. It's giving your love to who you are. And I always say the first expression of love is giving yourself attention. Mm-hmm. So one might think, oh, love is all this, this huge stuff, and it does get more and more uh, robust. But the, the closest expression of love is to give yourself attention, which means your sadness, your happiness, your pain, your joy, all pieces of yourself. If you can spend time giving it attention, you're giving yourself love. And that blossoms. As soon as you do that, your insides start moving and your energy starts starts to find its pathways through the meridians and energy moves. Uh, so this is kind of what I think about when I think about attention, how to cultivate it. I have different strategies that I like using or, or templates and, and creative processes that I use, whether it's for the voice or whether it's for writing mm-hmm. uh, and, and movement also. So does, does softening play a role for you? Softening is is foundational. Yeah, yeah. I it's something I hear you say again and again. And like I'm I'm also thinking of that contrast. Um, because early in my journey of trying to figure out like what is attention, how, what's it for, how do I place it where I want to place it, I felt like the practices that I was inside of were really confining and rigid for me. For me, it's all about falling open. And when I let my voice fall open, when I let my body fall open, it's like no matter what dimension, that's a reliable portal. And I, I feel like it might be softening for you. Not the only portal, but it's like it's there. Oh, yes. 100% foundational, 108%, 3,000% foundational <laughs> to, to everything. is our. I mean, attention is softening. It's kind of it's kind of the same thing, and I think that there's so much um, hardness that we can find even in softening. Like when we soften, everything that wants to happen happens. 
uh-huh. if, if we got to tighten at any given moment, like the martial arts uh, and, and being in that space, you know, Bruce Lee, he always spoke about, you know, when you're, when you're fighting, you're, you're soft, you're, you're, you're nimble and, mm-hmm. and your fist, he speaks about the fist that you don't clench the fist until you need to clench it. Other than that, you know, your, your fingers are loose, which gives you more awareness to being able to, 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 to get tight when you need to. And so it's not about getting hard. It's not about getting tight. We also have that capacity to squeeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it happening fight or flight style? Is it happening just reactively? Or are you, are you really tuning into the moments where they actually need to happen? Mm-hmm. And all of that comes through surrender. All of it comes through softening. You know, life happens on its own. We don't have to do life. Life, life bubbles up from us. And like you said, you know, falling into the opening. It, it just, it, it comes to us, you know, just like when we're singing and when I do uh, vocal work with people, I always say, let the note find you. Mm-hmm. And so we're softening, we're softening and we're, we're surrendering into ourselves through attention. And then the note just comes. And these are the sounds that I want people to make. These are the music that I want to create. The sounds that just naturally come through. And so, yeah, softening, surrender is, is important. Thank you for that. I I really love that. And again, I just imagine that there might be people listening in who have never been presented with that as a possibility before that to cultivate really incredible attention is about softening and surrender versus like, you know, like that, that hyper pointy kind of focus. You mentioned how this is, this is hard for people. And uh, it's meant to be hard because this is this is like the f- most foundational thing you can learn in this lifetime. <laughs> I think I think it's like the the pinnacle thing to ground in because it it's like the one stop shop for everything else. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating surrender. And uh, one of the beautiful things about it being difficult is that it becomes easy when you're around someone that knows how to surrender. Mm-hmm. When you're with someone that knows how to surrender, there's not a lot that needs to be said which is a fascinating part, which relates to what, what we were talking about earlier, is that when you're with a teacher, when you're with a, a master of surrender, you just in their energy field, you can be in their energy field like, like a mile away and you will, your body will start to experience surrender. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I'm going to see, like I think about Ama, like she's this hugging mm-hmm. yeah. personality, right? She just travels around the world. She hugs people for hours. For like for the whole day, that's the only thing that she's doing. She goes to another city and she does that. And I don't see her eat one bite <laughs> when she's doing that. And she doesn't care about eating. She's just like, bring another person. Let me hug. Let me hug. And um, I've experienced multiple times that when I am traveling to go see her, as soon as I enter the state, I feel her presence. And I know that it's coming from her because I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm very much sensitive mm-hmm. to this frequency. So I come into to the town. I'm like, oh, someone is in this town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really creating a lot of heat <laughs> for the rest of the world, you know? And then what to speak of when you, when you actually get into the conference center, what to speak of when you get into the line to get the hug from her, what to speak of when you're a few feet away and you're, you're literally sitting right next to her. You know, my experience was that, just the, you know, you're in a room with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And then gradually the people start disappearing 
and disappearing and disappearing. And then when you're sitting next to her, it's only you and her. And you're like, what is this dimension? You know, mm-hmm. it's so juicy. You know, wouldn't that be a great magic trick? That, yeah. that when people are just kind of in your house, they're, they're, they're feeling this at easeness. They're feeling the safety. They're feeling this, this opportunity to um, be undefended in your atmosphere just because of the, the, the presence that you're holding, just because of the attention that you're holding. And yeah, it all, all circles back to not only our journey of surrender, but finding someone that has this as their core value and sitting with them. Yeah. I, so I feel like you're already speaking it, but if you were going to offer your definition of genuine leadership, what would it be? A leader supports the person or people they are leading uh, by helping them to listen to their own inner authority. They support that. They they support them in uh, feeling what it means to be at at home. They support them in uh, being able to see all of what is around them. Because when we're in that busy or anxiety or, you know, we don't even notice what's in the room. And leaders help you see what's in the room. They help you to see what's in the space because they are seeing. A leader is also the servant. The leader is also the, the one that is deeply connected and practicing and, and in, at the core of it. I remember uh, my time living in an ashram, which was a temple for monks. And, um, and being in an ashram, one of the biggest principles that they always shared with us was uh, that the, the greatest leaders are the greatest servants. Mm-hmm. So the swamis would come to the temple and they would be serving the younger devotees. They would, they would be the ones behind the pots putting food on people's plates, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and that always just, just stuck with me that, that when you grow in your leadership, you actually become one of the most greatest servants and, and not necessarily service in the sense of, of giving yourself away, right? Uh, but service in the sense of you, you're overflowing with so much love yeah. and so much capacity that you can't help but, but give love. And so these are, are some of the things that I think about when I, when I think about leadership and, and meeting, meeting and being with certain leaders in my life. They've always exemplified service in a really powerful way. Yeah, I, I love that so much. Um, you know, most, most of the people that I'm working with professionally and even in my personal life are on a journey of service, right? They're, they're coaches, they're leading companies, they're, you know, doing all of those things. And, the, and this piece about a greater realm of leadership that's available when we cultivate fullness so that we're really serving from an overflowing fullness, like an overflowing love and overflowing energy versus you know, the other things that sometimes can happen, like you're trying to mentally navigate what you're supposed to do, right? Or or just moving from this depletion place. Yeah. That that is is um is the the science of of the of the year. <laughs> you just started <laughs> so that that works. That's been the hot topic for sure. 
Like, what am I actually meant to be doing? Mm-hmm. And and that relates to how much am I meant to be doing? How much effort am I meant to be using? Am I am I um, overflowing, or am I using my depleted reserves? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we overflow? What do, what do, what do we need to do so that we can get into that space? And knowing yourself enough to be like, I'm depleted. I need to charge up mm-hmm. and be in my charge up space until I'm overflowing, and then it naturally moves into action. Has has been a, a really uh, focused topic for me, for sure. Anything that has surprised you about that journey? Magnetism is something that surprises me. That when I'm trying, when I'm when I'm really pushing to make something happen, uh, very little happens, and or a lot happens, and I run out of energy, and I can't continue it. And when I'm in this space of charging up, like even right now talking about it, my body has begun to charge up. You know, it's just like, you know, even my head doing this little spin thing. <laughs> and, the energy, and, it's, and I can feel the energy moving into my body and then like hitting against a spot that isn't charged up and being like, and then going. Mm-hmm. And, and all I know that all I need to do is stay there in that spot and let, let my body do this thing that it does for long enough for the for the energy to open up and then I'm fully charged up. And then when I'm charged up, the magnetism just lights up. People start calling me. Uh, I feel called to just walk outside to the beach in that moment. And then I see someone. Like things really start happening when you're charged up and when you're overflowing versus when you're moving from a depleted space. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And bringing in the piece of magnetism. So if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, about what you have to do or what you have going on, where should they go? They could go to my website, uh, shrikala.com. That's S-R-I-K-A-L-A.com. And then also uh, Actualize Retreats. Actualized Retreats uh, is is definitely, there's a few locations and websites, but when I think about what's happening right now, what I'm really excited about, we're making a lot of movement around Actualized Retreats, and, and these are retreats that have to do with your creative expression and everything we spoke about today, mm-hmm. and then leaving that experience with music, with an actual professionally mixed and mastered song. And so mm-hmm. we're really, I'm really kind of fired up about that particular project. So that one is actualizedretreats.com. And um, you can also find that through my website, shrikala.com. Yeah, and we will definitely make sure to put all of that in the show notes as well. But I love what comes through when I ask that question, because if I if I only put your website in the show notes, your excitement and your creative force doesn't come through the way it just did now. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been amazing. I am so excited to bring this beautiful medicine of creative expression into the world through this podcast yes yes thank you so much for having me it, it's a uh, it was such a blessing having this conversation being asked these questions i feel charged up just having this conversation with you so grateful grateful yeah and let's make some music yes yeah. yes i that is non-negotiable it is it's definitely like it's i'm <laughs> even as we've been having the conversation it's been kind of like doot, doot, like kind of at the edge and I'm like 
just just a moment. Like we're yes, holding yes. space for dialogue. We're recording right something right now. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Super exciting. This time. Mm, you're welcome. Thank you.